Greetings. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the Film Survivor Podcast. This is Tom Santilli. I am your host. And uh, as always, we're going to be talking about Survivor on the podcast today. It's episode five of Survivor Ghost Island. We've now gotten through. We are more than a third through season 36 here, guys, as we get closer and closer to the merge this season. Uh, We're going to be talking about the episode on the podcast today. We're also going to be joined by the latest person voted out of the game. Uh, I have my exit interview coming up here shortly, so stick around for that. Uh, As I always do, though, here's my little quick spoiler warning. If you haven't already seen the episode or don't want to get spoiled about it, now's the time to pause this podcast or come back to it later uh, after you've seen the episode uh, so that you know what we're talking about and we're not, you know, ruining any surprises for you. So... With that being said, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this week? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk. I'm, I'm reading, like, you know, online kind of stuff, and it sounds to me like a lot of people are referring to this as, like, an old-school kind of episode. I don't want to call it a bad episode, uh, but it was just a different drive. There, and, the, you know, mainly the reason was there just wasn't much going on with uh, strategy this week. There wasn't much going on in the game. Um you know, even as the the tease for next week kind of showed, you know, uh, you know, hope, luckily we have another kind of twist coming up next week. But it said, you know, the battle lines have been drawn, the targets have been, you know, revealed. Uh, it was pretty predictable going into this week. Uh, we knew at the one camp we were going to have, you know, ongoing shenanigans between uh, the Dom and Chris uh, rivalry which is a part of the game that I've liked this year so far. I kind of like that rivalry. I like that it keeps building and building and going on. Uh, and then at the other camp, you know, after that uh, Michael's huge swing and miss last week at Tribal Council when he played uh, James's old idol from Survivor China, incorrectly played it on Stephanie, and then Brendan got sent home, we kind of knew that they were dead in the water over there. You know, they had tested that majority alliance of five. They weren't breaking. They weren't going to be able to separate them. So Michael, uh, you know, Stephanie, and uh, who else is on that bottom tribe? Jenna is, uh, you know, those three were kind of dead in the water coming into this week. We knew they didn't have much of a shot, and uh, there wasn't much going to happen there. And that's kind of what went on. So instead of trying to create, like, a red herring situation, like we've seen so many times in Survivor's Past, you know, like you're watching the episode and they're making it so obvious that something's going to happen and that, you you know, as a fan, you just kind of know it's going to go the other way. Uh, they didn't do that this week. They didn't kind of bait us along. They just kind of leaned into um, more of an emotionally driven episode. Another critique I've heard this season so far is people are like, you know, we don't really know these this cast, and it's all too much strategy, and we, you know, I want to care more about these people. Well, if you feel like that, this was probably a, a good episode for you, uh, because it we got to spend some time with some of these people, we got to know them a little bit better and get to feel them out and get some backstory. And again, there's some emotion, you know, with uh, with Stephanie Johnson, who is the person that was voted off. Uh, she'll be joining me on the podcast here. Uh, coming up uh, with my exit interview with her, you know, we got some backstory with her. Uh, you know, she talked about how she left the Mormon church and also got a divorce, and she's a single mother, and how much she loves Survivor and how big of a fan she is. You know, we got a lot of kind of emotion and, and backstory with her. Uh, Michael today, you know, who's been a really savvy player for having, you know, for being the youngest player ever to play the game, he's been very savvy. Uh, showed a lot of strategic and physical prowess. We saw him break down this episode. He cried and was kind of, uh, you know, the, his love of the game 
kind of drove him to tears. Uh, we saw some other things with, you know, some of the other players. We got the whole Donathan and Chris thing. Uh, you know, Donathan, j- just, you know, the smell of coffee kind of brought him back to his uh, memories of his mom and his grandma. And uh, Chris was able to relate to that, and they had a nice moment on the beach. So it's it's been a while, I'd say. It's been a while on Survivor where we've kind of had so many of those emotional moments kind of packed into one uh, one episode. And, uh, and again, the, the producers and, and the show, you know, to their credit, they leaned into it instead of trying to downplay it or kind of try to create something that was a false narrative. They just kind of went for it. And so in that respect, I kind of dug it. On the other kind of the side of things, though, I'm definitely much more strategic minded. I love the gameplay part of the game, you know, so um, I kind of, you know, was annoyed a little bit. I felt like it was a little bit over the top. Part of that, though, if you read in my review, if you read in my uh, in my recap on realityt.com, which hopefully you guys are following and, and uh, reading, uh, if you read that, you uh, I'm also a movie critic, so last night before the episode, I actually went and screened this movie called Midnight Sun uh, that is out right now. Looks like a kind of a throwaway teenage like romance kind of flick, and it was actually pretty good. You can uh, read my re- my review of it and stuff will be up on Friday, my full review. I can't talk too much about it now, but it was emotionally impactful. I left the theater kind of like little weepy, little weepy in the eyes. I don't know, my allergies might have been acting up after that one. Uh, but you know, it, I just was kind of in that m- mindset of, I had just gone through this emotional experience with this movie and then I kind of get into survivor and it was like, Oh boy, more of this and more deep thoughts and things like that. So maybe it was just my mindset. Maybe it wasn't as bad as I, I thought, but I just feel like, ah, it was a little heavy handed and they kind of carried it on a little bit too long. Nothing away, taking nothing away from Stephanie's experiences, taking nothing away from, uh, her sacrifices, uh, and taking nothing away from the reality that these people sacrifice a ton to go on to the show in their personal lives and their jobs and things like that. Um, I'm kind of getting over the fact like, yeah, you know what, this is a great experience. You know, people, you know, I don't know how many times we can hear it out there though, that, you know, survivors going to you know change their life and, uh, you know, it's just, it's this emotional thing and, you know, it means so much to them and to be out there, like we get it. We, we get it, guys, survivor producers listening to this podcast. I mean, yes, it's good. You got you to gotta go with the narrative again. But, again, I just felt like it was hammered home. Like, I didn't. I felt like they had Stephanie say the same thing like ten times during the episode. And I was like, by tribal council, I was like, okay, I get it. Let's just move on. Uh, you know, I guess you look at, the, at it. Uh, what Was it a good move that they got rid of Stephanie? I think it was from their perspective. You know, if you're Bradley right now, you're sitting at the top of this five-person alliance, you're looking at the other three, they probably, even though he does, you know, not trust Michael, and, and like he said in the episode, Bradley said Michael is now a huge threat. He sees him as a threat. Uh, probably wasn't the best thing to get rid of one of the, you know, strongest physical players if they're trying to win some challenges moving forward. Michael's kind of a harmless, you know, isolated island at this point um, in the game on his on Bradley's tribe. And then you have Jenna, who was kind of perceived as kind of the weak link and, you know, not that strategic and not doing that much. Whether that's true or not, uh, that's the perception of Jenna. So, therefore, you know, Jenna wasn't really targeted. And then here's Stephanie, who, you know, has everything going on for her. She's physical. She's got a great social game. She, she's great strategically. And uh, she's a huge threat, poses a huge threat to everybody. So it was kind of, you know, 
kind of a done deal that it was going to be Stephanie. Adding to that, clinching that was, you know, that moment where we see Desi, uh, who I love, by the way, hasn't, hasn't gotten a lot of screen time yet this season, but Desi, uh, you know, looked through Stephanie's bag, even her personal belongings to see if she had gotten anything at Ghost Island, which she had not. Maybe that played into their thought pattern too. Maybe they felt more comfortable that Stephanie didn't have anything once they realized there was nothing in her bag. Speaking of Ghost Island though, um, man, what, what a drag. And I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of confused by it. I'm confused by the, whole idea of it this season and how it's being used we have now had five episodes of, of survivor ghost island which means five different trips to ghost island and it has resulted in only two of those five times allowing the person there to even play the game which is kind of a lame game it's like pick you know one of the two things you know not very riveting you know I'd rather them have to like walk across, you know, fire or something. I don't know. But the the Ghost Island in its entirety this season has yielded just one thing. It's yielded the the legacy advantage in the very first hour of the season. That's the only advantage that's come out of Ghost Island. And let's face it, the legacy advantage is kind of the lamest advantage that's maybe ever been produced on the show. Uh maybe minus, you know, things like Medallion of Power and things like that. But I mean, the legacy advantage is cool to, to have on the week that it's able to be used, but it's not so cool any other week. I mean, let's face it. And that's the only thing, this whole buildup, the, the name of the show is Survivor Ghost Island, and through five episodes, the weakest part of the show right now is Ghost Island itself. So I'm just kind of annoyed with how they've been using it. I can't believe that three out of the five trips, they would not even allow anybody to do anything there. Um, there was no history there this week, you know, usually even at least they're talking about like the history and the ghosts and, and like the, the haunting presence of, you know, reversing the curse and all those kinds of things. None of that this week. So Ghost Island to me, kind of a bust. It's going to be hard to redeem in my eyes at this point, cause it's already been th- this far into the season and it's been nothing. So even if it gets cool, like everybody's going to be like, okay, yeah, it ended up cool, but man, was it lame at the beginning? So We'll have to see where it goes. Let's hope it plays into something. Next week, we, of course, have another tribe swap. Didn't exactly look like a, like the merge yet. Could be. Uh, you never know when Probe says drop your buffs. But uh, we're going to preview. We'll talk about next week's episode at the end of this podcast. But right now, let's shift gears and let's get into the exit interview. Uh, I spoke today with Stephanie Johnson, uh, who, of course, was voted out. She was the fifth person voted out of the game. And uh, here is my interview with Stephanie and then stick around uh, after this interview for a preview of next week and also make sure you guys are following me uh, on Twitter at Tom Santilli that's where you can get all my survivor coverage as well as my uh, movie reviews and everything else that I'm up to all right with that let's uh, let's talk to Stephanie hey Stephanie how you doing hey Tom good good as I can be right (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to apologize to you right off the bat because I picked you to win this season after watching the first episode. So I, I've been like 0 for 36 on that. So my bad. <laughs> oh, dang. So it's you that I have to blame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, how was it watching it over again, kind of reliving? I know like last night was a very emotional episode and we kind of learned a little bit more about your story and your backstory. But like rewatching that, reliving it um, on TV, what was that like? 
Um, you know, it was it was extremely difficult to rewatch. I it was an emotional episode overall, but I was watching it with my boys who, you know, they didn't know the outcome until last night mm. because they're so young, like I couldn't tell them. And so it was just a very heavy emotional night at at, at my house watching. I mean, there were a lot of tears and anger and um I kind of feel like I was even in shock watching it. I feel like I need to go back and rewatch so I can actually see it again through not shocked eyes of knowing I'm going to be going out. <laughs> Is it like when you are out there and you and you, know, you there's a time but you know people don't understand sometimes that there's some a lot of time that passes between the time you're out there and the time that you actually get to kind of rewatch it on TV. Are you going through, like, explain just emotionally what you're going through in that period of time in between. Are you thinking, are you constantly thinking back to your experiences? What could have went differently? Um, are you reliving things or, or are you kind of burying it until it comes back on television? You know, I think it's a little bit of all. I don't think that you're going to talk to a player um, unless they won the season who isn't going to have some of the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Right. You know, we all relive what we could have done uh, a little bit different to maybe tweak a circumstance. And so you do always have a little bit of that lingering in your mind. Um, it's, it's easy for that to happen. It's hard to push away sometimes. But at the end of the day, like I'm actually, like today sitting here, I'm actually at peace with my game and that I did everything that I possibly could. Um, you know, there's, there's moments for me where I had to really work through the disappointment and the failure, mm -hmm. the sense of failure, and then also the sense of failing my children. Um, so that was something that I definitely had to work through as well, which as I sit here once again today, I have, and I feel, you know, my kids told me they were very proud of me last night and it just all came full circle and I'm very at peace now. Sure. Well, and I think a lot of that is natural, you know, probably to go through, you know, the, the feeling that you could have done something differently. But, uh, you know, I spoke with Morgan a few weeks ago and, and she really felt like it was not anything that she had control over that sometimes in the game of Survivor, there's just the element of luck and sometimes you get the bad luck, you know. And uh, do you feel like that was your case, too? Do you feel like that tribe swap and, and the fact that it put you in the numbers and, and then, you know, things like Michael choosing incorrectly with his idol, things like that. Do you just feel like it was a, a, an, an amalgam of bad luck for you, or do you really think that there was something that could have changed? I think that luck has a huge element in this game. I'm not diminishing, like, the strength, strategic, and social aspects, but luck is so huge. And I feel like from the beginning, I just, it's like all this work was being bottled up for me. You know, we, we lost nearly every challenge. Mm -hmm. And then I get swapped to a tribe with less numbers and our five don't have a crack like the other five. Mm -hmm. And then we keep on losing. And then I draw the white rock and then I go to Ghost Island and then I can't play a game. And then I come back and we lose. It's just, you know, Michael plays the wrong idol. If I needed like one thing to go right for me and I think that things could have been different, but it's, you know, a lot of it is a game of numbers and luck, and I didn't have that written in the stars for me. You mentioned Ghost Island. How disappointing was that for you to uh, to go out there and then have it, you know, not get a chance to, to play? Uh, and what are your thoughts on it, just watching it, how it's played out this season so far? Oh, that was devastating. I was so excited. You see when I, when I draw the white rock, I smirk and I throw it up in the air because <laughs> in my head, 
from my vantage point, I knew I was going to be able to play for an advantage mm-hmm. because Jacob was able to play the game and Kellen was able to play the game, although she didn't. Uh, Jonathan and Chris, I didn't know that they got this, you know, no game for you. So in my head, mm-hmm. I thought that every time you go to Gold Island, you get a shot to play the game. Okay. So okay. when I hit this urn and it said no game for you, I was devastated. <laughs> and I think that that's at the, that was at the pinnacle of me thinking – this is just like this, this is just shit luck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, as a fan of the game, I know you're a super fan. You've you've loved Survivor forever. Do you do you do you like? Are you able to separate and look at Ghost Island as uh, as a theme of the show? And uh, you know, do, do you like the idea that like I guess would you have liked there to be now after five episodes that there would be five advantages into the game? Is that like would that have been overkill? Do you like the idea that once in a while? They don't let people play the game. Like, what are your thoughts on just kind of how Ghost Island is working? Well, you know, I can usually say I don't like it that you don't get to play the game because I (laughs) couldn't play the game. But I think that for me, it was the hardest part about that was that the two votes, when I needed it the most, Mm -hmm. the person going to Ghost Island was no longer in me. And that just, like, was a random, another random bad luck of fate. Like, if Helen hadn't been there... For Brendan's vote, it, it would have been 4-4, and it could have been a completely different game. And then if I had been immune, I obviously would still be in the game. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the biggest disappointment from Ghost Island, is that when I needed it to like be there for me the most, it, I feel like Ghost Island let me down. <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll, you can reverse the curse one day when you get asked back to play, because a lot of people are already clamoring for All that. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, on the f- very first episode, I think you, again, you, you caught my attention and a lot of people's attention with just kind of, not only did, with the whole thing with Jacob, um, not only were, did you man- kind of manipulate him to get, you know, the information out of him that you wanted, you really seemed to like <laughs> enjoy it and revel in, in, in playing the game that way. Um, anything looking back at that whole situation that you had, do you have any regrets with the whole way that you handled Jacob or did he need to get voted out? Cause it, it, at some point it looked like he might've been a, a loyal soldier uh, to you. Maybe uh, even though he might've had loose lips moving forward. You know, I, Jacob and I, that was definitely not our only conversation. We, we really did bond. Like he reminds me a lot of my younger brother. So we had a lot of great talks out there. Um, and I did get him to give me, you know, all this great information. And it did cross my mind that why would I want to get out somebody who's this loyal to me? Mm-hmm. But you even see in our dialogue, Jacob and I both talk about there's going to be a swap soon, which happened to be the next day. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't go against the numbers. At that point for me, every single person wanted him out. He was an easy target. And I couldn't. It couldn't go against my alliance. I just, there was no way that I could have saved him. Um, but that one stung. It definitely, that hurt. And, and you can see my reaction when mm-hmm. he left. It, it definitely hurt. But, um, yeah, there was just, there was nothing I could do. What do you think was the reason, you know, there was some talk last night. They kind of spent time with each you, Michael, and Jenna probes at tribal council kind of had each of you kind of, pit, you know, pitching your case as to why they should keep you. Why do you ultimately think you were targeted and not Michael or Jenna? I definitely believe the reason that I was targeted is because I, I lost valuable time. You know, when I was at Ghost Island, mm. 24 hours is a lot of 
time when there's only 39 days. So if you lose a whole day of bonding and, you know, starving and living with these people and sitting around and talking and sleeping by each other, that's huge. So Michael and Jenna had an opportunity that I didn't have. They had an entire 24 hours to bond with these guys more than me, to throw my name under the bus because I wasn't even there to defend myself, to say whatever we need to do. Um, you know, they had, they had time on their hands where I didn't. And I thought going to Ghost Island was going to give me an advantage, which it didn't give me that advantage. And it was also a disadvantage in that I was pulled away from my social game, which ultimately was my strongest, you know, my, my strongest suit out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, talk a little bit too about the tribal council that Michael used the, uh, the idol, uh, you know, he ended up using it on you, but obviously that isn't kind of what you guys wanted to have happen. <laughs> you know, you would have been, uh, rather, you know, yeah. pick the right oh, thing. Um, so it, what was going on from your perspective? Did you, was that kind of the plan going in that he was going to use it on you? What was, what was your take and your influence on, on that whole uh, decision-making process and that tribal? We knew that Michael was going to play his idol. We all had kind of agreed, like, we're going to look for, you know, read people. But I definitely sat down with Michael and I told him, it's me tonight. Like, I know it's me. Mm. And on the flip side, Brendan was saying that as well. So Brendan and I both separately had gone to him and said, look, I'm positive it's me tonight. Mm. And so I'm sure Michael had that in his head. And he was, you know, looking, you know, for some sort of a reaction and, Unfortunately, you know, he pulled off his bluff of it being for two people, which shocked us three. Like, we didn't know he was going to say that. Mm-hmm. And he pulled it off so eloquently. And it was just all happening so fast. And in my mind, when I got the idol played for me, I felt completely safe all of a sudden. But, yeah, I just wish we had, you know, five, five ten more seconds to try to read Bradley's reaction mm-hmm. or tell him, you know, is so expressive. But it happened so fast that, you know, I'm not going to turn down an idol. And so, you know, we, unfortunately, Brendan went home and he, (laughs) man, that was sad. He's a fighter. He was out there to play the game. He was playing hard. Of those five, the majority alliance, um, you know, Bradley was kind of, uh, you know, all the votes were cast towards Bradley. He was kind of looked at as the ringleader. Uh, as a game player, do you do you think Bradley is the most dangerous of those five as far as, like, who to watch in this game? Would, would it be Bradley? Or is there somebody else that was on your radar as being a threat? Absolutely not. I think Kellen is. Um, Bradley and Kellen are a power couple. Mm-hmm. And I called them out at Brendan's tribal council. I must have said that 15 times. <laughs> like, I knew at the minute that they stepped onto the beach, I've been pretty good read on people and I could tell, you know, they're running the show. They have their three minions who will do whatever they want because they're not really there to strategize. (laughs) But Helen and Bradley are smart and they definitely were in it together. Bradley is not universally wise. (laughs) Um, Him and I had actually, we had a great personal relationship But when it came to the game is when I, like, he drove me nuts or when he would be in a group and be complaining. (laughs) Um, But everybody loves Callan. So I think that Callan is more of a threat than Bradley, hands down. Okay. Uh, Very interesting. My last question for you, you know, as you opened up on the show last night, you you know, you mentioned things on there like how you had left the, the Mormon church and you had gone through a divorce. Um, could you expand on what that means to you and, and kind of what you hope others may take away from, from the fact that you were sharing those experiences out there? 
you know, I definitely got vulnerable out there. And it's such a raw situation that you really do reflect. And especially, you know, all my time on Ghost Island, when you're all alone, you have a lot of reflection time. And I completely changed my life around and, you know, went through a lot of very big life-defining moments within the span of six months. And it wasn't easy. And I've never been one that wants to betray that I have a perfect life or anything like that. But I want to give up perseverance and that ultimately you have to do what's right for you. You have to believe in yourself and you have to stand strong. And so that's, you know, that's why I think that I, I opened up to all of that because I want people to know that even though you go through really hard shit in life and life can be really hard, but there's, there's so much good and happiness. And that if you just keep enduring and persevering, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. That is fabulous. And uh, Stephanie, it was so good to get a chance to talk to you. I'm sorry to see you go. I apologize once again for thinking that you were the greatest player this season and, and, and voting for you to win. But uh, best of luck to you uh, moving forward. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. And there it is. Uh, that was Stephanie Johnson. Uh, sorry to see her go, as I mentioned. And uh, moving ahead, though, we are now on to the sixth episode of Survivor, and it looks like we are in for a pretty good episode next week where it probably will not be an emotional episode. It will probably be more based on strategy as uh, we're going to get another kind of a shakeup. Uh, and it's a perfect time. I don't I'm hope, I don't know if this was a planned shakeup or if the producers were just kind of looking at what was going on at each camp and they're like, okay, we need to interject something into the game right now. But they needed to. Uh, it was getting a little bit predictable at both camps, so they're going to switch things up again, and I like it. There's 15 people left in the game. Could this be the merge? Uh, they didn't specifically state that it wasn't. They didn't say that it was. Usually the merge comes a little bit later, a couple more vote-outs, uh, to happen before we get to that merge number, usually around 13, 12, something in that area. We're at 15 left in the game right now. So it's probably just going to be another week or two of, of new tribe dynamics. As always, that's really an interesting development in the game. It always benefits a few people, and it always obviously hurts a few people. So, um, you know, we will have to see how it uh, goes. And I'm looking forward to it. I like the season overall. This week, you know, I kind of mark up as one of those weeks. You know, you're not going to get solid super gameplay every single week. Sometimes there's going to be a predictable thing, and at least it wasn't this, you know, manipulative episode where they tried to, you know, bait us into thinking that there wasn't, you know, something up at, at camp. Uh, they just kind of leaned into the idea that we got to know some of these people. It was going to be a little bit emotional or more old school, I guess you could call it, as some people are saying, and, and that's fine. You know, but we got through it now. Let's get back to the game, and let's hope it's it's good. Uh, so there you have it. Join me again on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. You can read all of my movie reviews. Uh, I'm the movie critic for Access.com. My website's TomSantilli.com. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I'm on television. I'm on a TV show in the Detroit area called Critically Speaking. It's a half-hour movie show every week. It posts on Facebook uh, every Sunday. So follow Critically Speaking. That's Lee, like the name Lee, L-E-E, Critically Speaking. That refers to the host of the show, Lee Thomas, who's a Detroit personality. But I'm on that show every week. You can find full episodes on the Facebook and uh, that'll do it, guys. Uh, thank you once again for joining me on this podcast. Hope you guys are loving it, and we'll talk to you next week.